0: Introducing the Mike Moore Ministries mobile app, your gateway to spiritual inspiration and godly leadership. With a host of practical features, it's like having a personal spiritual guide in the palm of your hand. Watch and listen to the How to Win podcast, get exclusive early access to the answers that were broadcast before it airs on television, receive uplifting and thought-provoking nuggets, and stay up to date with Mike Moore's speaking engagements through an interactive calendar. To download, visit your device's app store and search Mike Moore Ministries. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. I'm so glad that you're with us on this podcast. I believe that it is going to be a blessing for you. I began a a new series in our uh, How to Win podcast in our last episode entitled Weep Not, Overcoming Grief, Disappointment and Loss. As I said in lesson one, this was not my original intent to do this series in fact i was moving in a total different direction but when i got that to that direction i sensed no anointing i sensed no grace and the spirit of god has taught me in years past to make plans but be led by the spirit so i felt led to teach this series we not uh, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I believe that there is somebody and God loves people and God loves you. There's somebody that needs need to hear this teaching of overcoming grief, disappointment and loss. Maybe you've had the loss of a loved one or a possession or a pet or whatever, but You need this, and the Spirit of God has led me to minister this to you. In this lesson, my subtopic, this second lesson, my subtopic is, it's only a house. It's only a house. I pastored for 42 years and about eight months, so I did many funerals. And that usually at funerals, you have the viewing of the body. When the family comes in, normally the people who are coming to the funeral, they normally come a little early and they come up and they walk and view the body and then they go to their seats. Then when the family comes in, they also view the body and be seated. Well, if, sometimes families don't like to have open casket of funerals, and they determine that they don't want an open casket funeral. But most of them, most funerals that I've officiated, done the eulogy, there's an open uh, casket, and the people can come in and see the body of the loved one. And it's usually during that time of viewing that it is the most emotional time in the service. It is very difficult for many family members to walk up View the body of someone that they loved that meant a lot to them, maybe a spouse or a child or maybe a sibling or a parent or a grandparent or a friend, uh, someone that was close. And and it can be very emotional during that time because from their vantage point, that's my loved one in that casket. That's my loved one lying there still. That's my dad. That's my mom. Well, uh, I want to give you a biblical view of it. That's all I'm doing. And I believe that, Comfort is available. Strength is available. Peace and joy is available. It is God's will that you make it through this. The Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley, this valley of death, this valley of grief, this valley of disappointment, this valley of loss, it is God's will that you walk through. Through it, Not camp in it, not die in it, not be overwhelmed by the valley, but walk through it. Go in one side and out the other. That's God's will and God's plan for your life. He wants you to make it. He doesn't just want you to survive it but he wants you to thrive after it, to be happy after this. You can be that. But our perspective has to change. And in my first lesson, I talked about the power of perspective. And in this lesson, I want to teach from the subject, it is only a house. Say that, it is only a house. Our background text is taken from a verse that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians 5, 1, and I'll read the New King James Version to you. It says, for we know that if our earthly house, come on, say a house, it's just a house. If our earthly house is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Often, Jesus used natural illustrations, metaphors, analogies, and stories to communicate and simplify deep spiritual truth. So, here in our text, the Apostle Paul follows Jesus' pattern of teaching using something natural to explain something spiritual. Paul here in our text removes the mystery of death by using the metaphor of a house to describe the physical body and the destruction of the house to describe physical death. Let's talk about a house and I want to talk about um, the natural side a physical structure, the natural house. And then I want to talk about the the thing that this house points to, the physical body. Five facts about a house. Simple facts. You know these facts about a house. Number one, a house is a dwelling. A house is a residence. A house is a place Built for people to live in. Number two, a house is a thing, not a person. Come on, say that. A house is a thing and not a person. Most of us live in a house of some sort. It may be a single uh, uh, dwelling place, it may be a condo, apartment, model, mobile home, but most of us live in a house. And our house belongs to us, but our house is not us. Number two, a house is a thing, not a person. Number three, a house can be vandalized, demolished, destroyed, or deteriorated. If a house is destroyed by a fire or a storm, the first question we ask, did everyone get out safely? Maybe you've asked that question before. A house was destroyed destroyed by a storm or a natural disaster or a fire. And, And the first thing you wanted to know, did everyone get out safely? Why was that a concern? Because we know that the person living in the house is more important than the house. Number four, a house can be vacated. As an adult, I've lived in five different houses and moved five different times. And even though I moved from one house to another house, I never stopped living after I left the house. I was simply moved from one house. Keep living, move to another house, move out of that house, keep living, move to another house. I just lived somewhere else. Number five, a house can be rebuilt and look and be brand new, much better than the first house, the house left. A house can be rebuilt. I've seen storms come, in fact, in, in, in the community where my local church is, a tornado came through and devastated the house, the, pardon me, devastated the community. And after that storm, sometime later, bulldozers came in, moved out all the old debris and the trees and all that, and we. Re- built that community and those houses looked better than the original houses because a house can be rebuilt. That's the natural side. I'm convinced you'll agree with everything that I've said thus far about a natural house. But remember the Apostle Paul is using the metaphor of a house to describe the physical body. So let's look at this side. Let's talk about the spiritual side and the physical body. Number one, the physical body is only the house that we live in. The physical body is only the house that we live in. So from now on, when you go to a funeral, and you walk up to view the body of the person who died, remember, you're only viewing the house that the person lived in. That's all you're viewing. You're not looking at the person. The person is not there. Remember that the person is not there. When you go to the cemetery and they bring the body of your loved one out in that casket and they lower that casket down in the grave. Don't worry. It's not your loved one being lowered in the ground. It's their house, their house, the place that they lived in is being lowered in the ground. Number two, the physical body is a thing, not a person. It's a thing. Again, when you walk and view that body, remember you're viewing a thing. You're not viewing the person, you're viewing a thing. When they lower that casket down in the ground, remember, they're not they're not lowering the person down. They're lowering a thing. A house is a thing, not a person. Sometimes, you know, as a pastor, people would ask me, "Is it biblical? Is cremation biblical?" Well, I, I don't have any scripture. About whether or not it's biblical, but I can say based off a of knowledge of Scripture that cremation is no different than really placing the body in the ground, because when they place the body in the ground, it's going to deteriorate. But cremation is not cremating. It, <laughs> cremating. Cremation is not burning the person. You're not burning the person. It's a thing. A half physical body is a thing. The person is not there. So what you're, what they're burning in cremation is not the person. It's just the house. It's just a thing. So it's no different. If it if it's easier on you financially, or if it's easy on you to not go through whatever you have to go through otherwise, then do what's best for you. It, it's really no different. It really no different. There's nothing spiritual or unbiblical about cremation because that physical body is not the person. It's the house the person lived out, and that physical body is a thing, not a person. Now, I don't mean to upset you in, in a way. Remember, I am your friend. I am here to help you. I'm not here to anger you. I'm not here to make you mad. The Spirit of God led me to teach you on this because he knew he had downloaded insight and wisdom in me to give out. That's why I'm teaching it, because I view this whole thing a little bit different than other people, and it will bring comfort to you. So I'm going to say something. may challenge you, and, and, and but remember, I'm your friend. Remember, I'm on your side. Remember, I'm trying to help you, not hurt you. I don't think it's a sin to visit the cemetery where your loved one's body was laid. But I do want you to remember that when you visit that grave site, that you're not visiting your, your loved one. You're visiting their house your are visiting house. You, house. And I know some of you talk to your loved ones and it you feel that it brings comfort. Well, personally, I don't think it's biblical to talk to departed, deceased loved ones. The Bible uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 11, speaks against communicating with the dead. The technical term is necromancy. Necromancy, it is forbidden in scripture. And many Christians, even Christians who uh, say, I talk to my mother, I talk to, in fact, I talk to them every day. Well, personally, I don't think that's biblical. I know you're saying when I go to the gravesite, it brings me comfort. Okay, I understand it. You say I talk to my loved one. I feel better after I talk to my loved one. Well, let me share with you. Trust me. You can throw this away. You can forget this. I think talking to your loved one is a substitute. I think it's a poor substitute for talking to God. And then if you believe that your loved one is talking back to you, then you have a deeper problem because your loved one is not talking back to you, but a familiar spirit impersonating your loved one will talk back to you. That's why the scripture forbids communicating to the dead. Deuteronomy 18, it forbids that. And yet many Christians I talk to my loved one, I ask them questions, I ask them what they I want them to know what I'm doing. I think it would be better. I think it would I, I think it would be to your advantage to not invite A demon spirit to be talking to you because that that can open you up to dialogue to a familiar spirit. A familiar spirit is a demon spirit, an evil spirit that impersonates a loved one. It's unscriptural to do that. And then think about it. Wouldn't it be better to find your comfort? from the Holy Spirit. Why not try to find your comfort from God? God wants to comfort you. Why substitute talking to somebody that you really can't talk to and maybe opening yourself up? And here God is. He want to comfort you. He want to give you direction. He want to give you guidance. Thirdly, the physical body can, can deteriorate. Through aging, the scripture says, the outward man perish, but the inward man is renewed. As you age, I believe that you can do something with your body, speak words over your body that can cause your body to be vibrant and healthy and strong all the days of your life, even if you live to be 120. I'm believing to live to be 110, and I believe my body is going to be strong and healthy, no sickness, no disease. But the scripture talks about the disease. Deterioration of the body through aging. I used to dunk a basketball when I was young and played high school and college ball. I can't dunk a basketball anymore. I can't run the distance that I used to run as a teenager. There is some deterioration. The body can be vandalized by sickness. The body can be demolished by neglect and abuse. Neglecting to put the right things in your body, eating wrongly, and and smoking cigarettes is body is body abuse. Smoking a cigarette, I don't know why a believer would smoke a cigarette when the people put on the package that this is hazardous to your health. They are telling you, they didn't. They were forced to tell you that this can hurt you, that's body abuse. The body can uh, be destroyed by accidents and tragedies and fires and hurricanes and tornadoes and all those kind of things. But death of the body does not cause death of the person. Oh, that's good news. The death of the body does not cause death of the person. Oh, that's good news. 2 Corinthians 5, 8 says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. So you're never nowhere. Your loved one is nowhere. There's no such thing as an in-between uh, living. No, to be absent from the body, to be present in the body, I'm present in my body. Now, my spirit being, talking to you now, is present in my body. F- Physical death, and I believe that's way down the road. My body will, my soul and spirit will leave this body. And because I'm a believer, I will immediately go to heaven. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. But notice I'm never nowhere. Your loved one is somewhere. It's somewhere. So it's just, it's it's only a body. Remember that it's just only, it's, it's only a house. Just remember, it's just, it's a house. It's not the person. Now, the body can also be vacated. Physical death is the person moving out of their house into another place. A vacated house usually look different than a house lived in. And you, you've seen vacated houses, vacant houses. You can tell nobody's living there. The grass is grown up. No lights are on. You can tell no one's living there. And maybe you wonder why your loved one doesn't look the same way. And in most cases, sometimes they look like themselves in the casket but much of the time the person looks told I've been in a situation where I couldn't even recognize the person. Why? Because the spirit, your spirit gives life to your body. Your spirit gives life to your body. And I have on a shirt right now, but this shirt has no life in it. That my, my shirt is moving. There's movement in my shirt because I am in the shirt so I give life to this shirt. Your, your spirit gives life to your body. That's why it looks different at death. Um, there may be some other physical things, but that's the spiritual reason. Your spirit gives vitality to your countenance and your body. And, and, and when your spirit leaves, then your body is going to look in most cases differently. The physical body can be replaced with a new glorified body, and that's the good news. The physical body will be replaced. Your loved one's body will be replaced one day. The Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter four that when Jesus comes back for the church the dead in Christ shall rise first. And that means the bodies of the ones, because when a person dies, their soul and spirit goes to heaven, but their body is placed in the earth or cremated or whatever. But when Jesus come back with you as a spirit, man, he's gonna cause your body to be raised out of the grave. Your body will be glorified. It will be brand new and it will be united with your spirit forever and ever and you'll be united with your loved ones uh philippians 3 20, 21 in the new living translation also communicates this it says but we are citizens of heaven where the lord jesus christ lives so jesus is in heaven right now and we are eagerly eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. The day will come where the physical body, whether you're alive when Christ comes or your body's in the grave, it's going to be changed into a glorified body just like Jesus. It will no longer be able to become sick or tired or weak. Jesus' body, he could be in one place and just appear in another place. There was no limitations to his body. No sickness, no disease, no aging. And one day... All of us that are born again are going to get brand new glorified bodies. If you never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'd like to pray for you. Pray this prayer after me. Dear God, I changed my mind about the way I'm living, and I want Jesus as Lord of my life. I receive you now, Jesus and I confess you as Lord of my life. I rejoice with you for praying that prayer and I believe that you're born again. And even though we're not believing for you to die right now, when you die, your soul and spirit will go straight to heaven, go straight to heaven, go straight to heaven. It will go straight to heaven. It will go straight to heaven because you invited Jesus into your life and you confess Jesus as Lord of your life. And now you're brand new and you're living in a physical body. And at death, your soul and your spirit will leave this body and go straight to heaven. Isn't that good news? Why don't you contact us at Mike More Ministries. To let us know that you receive Jesus Christ. It'll be a, such a blessing for us. And I want you to tell at least five people now that Jesus is the Lord of your life and you receive Jesus. Listen, I got more to talk about on this series, but I have to end this episode. I love you. I pray in Jesus name for comfort and strength and grace to you. And you are and overcomer in Jesus name. I'll see you next time.